And welcome to the BSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. And I'm back again, although I'm still in Cornwall. Um, actually, I was out uh, fishing yesterday with a well-known fund manager. A very successful fishing trip, actually. We uh, had to stop catching bass because we hit our quota. With quite strict limits on it. Um, but it was interesting chatting to him. We chatted about a lot of things, uh, particularly, actually, this, this. I mean, one of the things that really struck me home, one of his big funds, has decided uh, to get out of UK small and mid-cap equities and go global, which tells me probably that all the global equities are about to the peak and UK small and mid-cap are probably at the bottom because these asset allocators always get it wrong. Um, and that feels like me changing your asset allocation right at the wrong time. But unfortunately, as he puts it, you know, it does potentially create full selling. Luckily, he's got quite a lot of cash elsewhere in his portfolio, so it's really good stocks he can move across. But it's why we're seeing some of these stocks go to absurd lows. It's not because the fund managers want to sell them. It's just simply they've got false redemptions. Uh, and if there's no liquidity, the stock just keeps going down and down and down. So, you know, the market's cheap due to the lack of liquidity, not because the prices are wrong, in my view. But uh, anyway, there we go. I was out fishing, having a wonderful time. And Phil, you were actually at the Infinity Energy Systems AGM, weren't you? Yes, I was, Andrew. Um, I don't know, you know, as an analyst, I don't normally get to go to AGMs. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was great to go along. Uh, good to see, um, talk to shareholders in particular. It's always nice to meet shareholders, investors in the company. Um, and, and, and credit to the, the company, they did a very good presentation, I thought, responded very well to questions. So uh, good to see, but also good to see a bit of shareholder democracy in action too. And they had a, a little bit of a trading update as well, didn't they? Just so they yeah. in line for next year. They, I think they announced a small order in Bulgaria, another new country they're getting into. Uh, again, you know, we obviously talk about the stock an awful lot. Um, it is, in my view, still extraordinarily cheap for what it is likely to become. Um, but I think as the story unfolds over the next six months or so, people will start to get a better picture of that. Uh, and I'll say no more, because obviously I, I'm the advisor to the company and I know far too much. Uh, anyway, so that's that one. Uh, anyway, how are you, Phil? All right, you've been busy working whilst I've been down in Cornwall? Oh, Andrew, what would you expect? Of course, I've been very busy working. You know you know that. But uh, no, look, it's a beautiful sunny day and uh, the British Open Golf is on. So I've got to do lots of work now so I can relax and watch that the weekend. But yeah, very, very good. So come on then, tell us tell us some of the, the news, because uh, you're going to have to lead on this one that's yeah. been happening uh, in Tech and Trans this yeah. week. Yeah. No, and I'll no. give you my views on top of it all. Okay, fantastic. Well, let's look. There are, despite lots of you know negative headlines about businesses and you know in, in the press, there's plenty going on behind the scenes. Um, and this is just on renewable energy. Is there was an announcement this week or was news this week that uh, construction has begun in the UK on what's called Noiconnect, and it's a 2.4 billion project that's providing an energy link between the UK and Germany for the first ever time. And this is the uh, the installation of a 725 kilometer land and subsea cable that will allow up to 1.4 gigawatts of electricity to flow in either direction. Um, and this is becoming increasingly important because, you know, the growth of renewable energy um, on international grids and where you have surpluses uh, of energy generated by wind, and obviously you may want to sell that to a, to another country and exchange it. And it's the same; it's like the nuclear energy that comes in from France. That surplus there. So, so that was announced. But also this week, 
um, was the completion of the £1.7 billion Viking Link. Now, this is so far the world's longest power interconnector. It's 764 kilometres. Uh, and that is between Denmark and the UK. And that was completed. Uh, 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 yeah, it's now completed. And that's announced by National Grid. And it powers, you know, potential power for up to 1.4 million UK homes. So that's that two way as well, Phil? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. 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 So, you know, some serious infrastructure uh, going in here. And, and for those that you are interested in sort of energy generation anyway, and, and look at these interconnectors and how they work in a whole system, look at a website called UK Grid Watch. That's all one word. It's UK Grid Watch. And you can see on an intraday basis the mix in energy generation and what comes in via these inter interconnectors. We, we need to get you out more to more AGMs, Phil, so you don't have to spend all day looking at UK Gridwatch. But also, presumably, um, we had a, a trading update or Q1 figures like from SSE today, didn't we? And presumably that, that would be um, quite useful for them, wouldn't it be? Yes, because if they um, if they have surplus, particularly if you've got surplus generation, because the, the grid's also paying out a lot to... Uh, on energy curtailment, which is you know, basically telling the generators there's too much on the grid today, you've got to uh, curtail your power output, particularly for wind. So it, it gives it gives an outlook, uh, as I say, an outlet for export of excess generation intraday. It's actually intraday and by the hour. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did. Uh, I think uh, SSE's renewable performance was a bit disappointing, actually. Uh, it was yeah. quite a lot lower than planned. It was it was we had dry and still weather patterns, apparently. Uh, uh, did I miss something? No, actually, of course, that was um, Q1. So I think yes. Q2 will not be dry and still weather patterns, will it? Could reverse <laughs> completely, which is probably why the stock hasn't hasn't been, you know, well, they reaffirm guidance, but I mean, yes, the they do. Really know where yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's a very different weather patterns in the in the last few weeks. Anyway, so that's uh, yeah, a bit of news there on 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 renewables and a lot of activity going on. Uh, moving on to automotive, um, and again, you know, some good news for the UK this week. I think I think the first thing is you know, the Economist that the Tata Group's uh, announcement of a four billion investment into a, a new gigafactory in the UK to build batteries. Um, and it's you know providing thousands of jobs. Uh, obviously, the government has put in investment to to support this, but that's uh, that's positive news for the sector. Yeah, no, look, I think you know when you get a big project like that, you often find that it's it's like a I was going to say mushroom, but I'm not sure that's the right word. But things crowd around it, don't they? You get all the peripheral business yeah. that comes off it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that probably is very good news. Um, I mean, for the automotive industry and for the UK whole sort of battery industry, because we've had an awful lot of bad news, haven't we, in the whole battery industry? Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 we have. I mean, just like staying with automotive and probably we'll get on to the battery tech stuff. But on automotive also, there was an announcement this week um, that Geely, uh, the big China automaker, and Renault um, are establishing a company together uh, as a joint venture that will employ 19,000 staff across 17 engine plants and five R&D centres. Now they're already there, but this JV together, using that resource, is to be headquarters in the UK. 
um, again, which I, I thought was, uh, and this is, uh, and it's a JV for, for ICE, um, hybrid and plug-in hybrid powertrains for passenger vehicles. So um, I thought that was quite a, you know, a statement of the UK's capability and engineering expertise that they've decided to headquarter, actually headquarter it here. Uh, also, there's a report in the Engineer magazine, great read, Andrew, you know, um, that's how the, uh, that, that Aramco, are evaluating investment in this new JV. So uh, we'll see how that develops. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, the UK is, is we're very good at high-end automotive because most of the Formula One cars are actually built in the UK. Um, yeah. So spin-offs from that as well. Anyway, very good. Yeah, good news. There we go. And just, and there's finally on automotive, couldn't help but miss, of course, Equipmake, uh, who are clients of ours. Uh, Equip is the ticker. Uh, they had a trading update for their full year. Um, and they're expecting revenue of 5.1 million, um, and that's a combination of 4.8 million of, of existing book order, um, orders and, and, and grants, and they've got cash at period of end, uh, period end of, of May of seven million pounds. Uh, but what's quite exciting about this this company is it's got you know it's patented um, electric motor technology and inverters, and indeed complete uh, systems for EVs, including the battery packs as well. Um, targeting heavy transport, but also they're involved in uh, very high-end vehicles, supercars, uh, and aerospace. Importantly, and it and it's said in the trading update that um, it's received uh, about Porsche Centre grant funding of 1.6 million. It's uh, had further orders for EV powertrains for fire trucks in UK, US markets. Um, they've had orders, I think, in the in the bus markets as well, but uh, that looks to be progressing very, very well. Excellent. We like it when a corporate client goes well. Well, ex exactly. Right. Swiftly moving on. Um, I don't know if you saw this one. Uh, dark Trace, Andrew. So that's cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. uh, ticker is Dark. 2.8 billion market, market cap. Uh, they had a trading update for Q4 in a full year. Now, the shares have been... Um, had tumbled off early in the year. There were questions over the accounts. Um, it was, you know, originally there was a large amount of funding was in from Evoke and uh, Mike Lynch at Autonomy. So, yeah, a few clouds over the company, but it has underneath been making very, very strong commercial progress. Um, they announced today in a trading update that Ernst & Young had completed a full review of their accounts, and that's all been done uh, and out the way. And they stated... Um, then the full year, they saw revenue grow by 31% to $544 million, uh, with the annual recurring revenue, very important metric there, up by 29%, and 18% growth in customers. And they're expecting, this is something I look, you know, we look at closely, is like the margins on the business, what profit and what cash can they generate? And they're expecting just the EBITDA margins of 22%, but but more importantly, that 50% of that is expected to convert to free cash. Um, so, you know, looks a good strong set of numbers, expecting revenue growth uh, in 24, 22% to 23.5%. Uh, looking at the share price, uh, the market's reacted very well to all of this. Yeah, it's picking up a little bit. It's still, it's interesting. It's it's not particularly widely held by uh, mm. institutions, which I find quite interesting. It's also got this, a few strategic entities, if you see what I mean. Um, yeah. 
but it, it's not well owned and probably to make more of a recovery it needs to get the institutions behind it which right now is going to be quite tough so anyway that's my one little take on yep. it okay right one more we have uh, we have mentioned uh, mentioned previously in this podcast a very interesting one is iqgo uh, the t- ticker is IQG. Um, it's spelled it's IQG and EO. It's spelling 195 million market cap. A trading update uh, to June end. Um, and this company has cloud-based geospatial software. So it's software that's you know very focused on the location of things. Um, they serve telecoms and utilities with 500 customers worldwide, and their software is used to plan, design, and manage operation of and maintenance of big networks. So, tele- so their customers are telecommunications companies and utilities who all own big networks, um, are growing networks, and they've said that they're seeing uh, Invest, you know, seeing sales grow because of investment in fiber optic networks and communications, but also electric grid modernization. Um, their revenue for the first half is expected to exceed 20 million pounds, up from 9.2 million in the first half of 22. Um, so it's growth of 170% and organic growth of 83%. So very strong sort of organic growth within there. Uh, recurring revenues are up by 64% to 16.9 million. Um, and their orders are up by 50% to 22 million. So, um, yeah, the shares, I think, on this, Andrew, I'm not going to chart open in front of me, but I think they've been performing very well. It's on, if you look at the valuation, it's EV um, revenue multiple of 4.7 times, 4.4 times, EV bidar of 31 to 21 times. Looks expensive, but it's got high earnings growth there. Uh, you're absolutely right. It's up nearly 70% year to date. Uh, it's trading at 311p as we speak. But it's come up basically from the start of 2022 from a pound. So it's been a tremendous performer. Uh, actually, they had a pretty good sh- institutional shareholder list, clearly because there's liquidity in it. Uh, institutions have been selling and high net worths have been buying. Um, and they've they've beaten the institutions, the high net worth. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, as you say, it's been a good performer, but uh, well done them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Midwich. Uh, oh, so you love to get Midwich in. Well, look, I, do you know, <laughs> right, okay. MIDW is a ticker, 457 million market cap. Um, and they're a, they're a specialist, they're a distributor of audio visual um, equipment into primarily into the business market. So, you know, all those big video screens and speakers, et cetera, and stuff that's in your, in your offices. This is what they supply. Um, and, you know, all the main multinational makers' products. Uh, but they had a trading update for their first half, which ends the 30th of June 23, uh, reporting record half revenues and adjusted profit before tax. Um, I think, you know, what was quite interesting for me here is that they, um, you know, the revenue growth they're expecting is 7.5% uh, versus a prior first half, organic at 2.2%. But Midwich have recently raised 50 million pounds from investors uh to make an acquisition of a canadian base uh, canada canadian canada canada based audio visual equipment um distributor so uh it's very, been very well supported by institutions 
um, and they said that their cash generation during the period is a lot better than expected, and um, they've been able to uh, just only slightly increase their, their net debt. So looks to be in reasonable shape. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've talked yeah. about it a lot, and it's one you yeah. like to say. The, the one problem is, you say it's quite a big fundraise, so the institutions are, are pretty full up. So the stock actually so far this year has done absolutely nothing. Um, and of course, in 2022, it came off quite a bit. So, look, it, it's a good company. I don't disagree with you there. Um, but clearly, there's some technicals going on. Right. But, uh, well, yeah, well spotted there, Andrew, actually. On, on one that just has been a consistent performer, and we have discussed much on the podcast, is Judges Scientific. Um, the ticker is JDG, 625 million market cap. Uh, they had a trading update for the six months to June. And, and this company is a buy and build company. So they've used the, I've known this for a number of years. I mean, they've made 20 acquisitions between 2005 um, and 2022, and they have been acquiring scientific instrument companies. Um, and these scientific instruments are used by higher education institutions, scientific community, manufacturers, regulatory authorities. They sell internationally, North America, Europe, uh, North America and Europe, 28 percent of its sales, but also into China, Hong Kong, that's 12 percent. So um, the business made, I mean, its latest acquisition was uh, £80 million, spent a company called Geotech. And they analysed geological cores for mining and hydrocarbon. Um, industries. Now, scientific instruments and given the customers that are buying them, they command high margins. That's uh, why the companies like Judges are actually attractive. And um, last year they had organic operating profit margins of 21%. And this was despite, you know, all of the inflationary pressures that we talked um, talked about much. So uh, nice margins in this group. Uh, the trading update, the first half trading was up by 17%. Uh, this is despite supply chain, some supply chain issues. Um, and they have said that the board expects growth in organic revenues to produce double digit profit growth in the first half. Um, albeit slightly slower rate in revenue growth because of you know some inflation. Uh, organic order intake, all important to look at the orders, was up by 14 percent compared with the first half of 22. So. Yeah, I think continuing good, strong progress there for judges. Yeah, very good. And uh, by my word, it's been a great long-term, uh, good long-term performer there. Now, a uh, company that's not done so well is Zoo Digital. Don't know if you saw this one, Andrew. Uh, I'm this afraid one. I didn't, Phil. I'm, I right. haven't been too attentive this week. Ah, no, rightly so. Now, you're supposed to be on vacation still, Andrew, so thank you for joining us today. So, right, Zoo Digital, the ticker's uh, ZOO. Uh, 63 million market cap, and it was a lot higher earlier in the week before it had a profits warning. Um, a bit, it's a bit unfortunate, this one. So Zoo, what do they do? They are used to, um, they have software and, and translators that help to internationalise um, film content. So, for instance, you know, with Netflix, all the Spanish films, the ones that get dubbed, or you've got subtitles, it's Zoo that helps, helps to do this, what their products do. Um, now, Accountancy um, treatment has been very much in the news over the last uh, 12 months, two years. And, uh, you know, Zoo has um, had been told by its accountants that for IFRS 15 purposes, um, it was wrong to match third party costs with revenue. And the treatment should have been that uh, these costs were reported when invoices were received. So it's had to restate, uh, do a partial restatement of accounts. 
which meant that its EBITDA was um, downward restatement to $1.2 million for 22, uh, and it will increase uh, big to in 23 to 2 million, so partly because of this treatment. So that was not helpful for the share price, uh, but they've also said, more importantly, they've said that um, they had uh, an impact on their orders and they've got lower expected revenues. Um, and part of this is because um, some of the major streaming companies have been implementing cost saving measures. Um, so that's had an impact on them and also the Writers Guild strike as well in terms of levels of localization for media services, which is what they do. So not good for Zoo Digital. No, not good at all. Disappointing. There you go. Yeah, it is very disappointing. Um, I've got a number of companies here, but I'm just conscious of time, actually. So let's quickly move on to um, defence, uh, very much. Uh, so Cohort, uh, again, covered in the podcast, uh, ticket is CHRT, market cap £202 million. They had um, end full-year results, and the company provides uh, all sorts of things like surveillance systems, communication systems, sonar systems, underwater comms for the defence markets. Um, and their revenues, just quickly on the headlines, but their uh, their, their revenues were up by 33% to $183 million just under, um, and the EPS was up uh, by 17% to 36.5p. Um, and orders were up, looks like they were up strongly. And let's just quickly talk about this. The orders were up from 291 million to 329 million. These shares had come off, I think, by uh, concerns over level of UK spend with the company. Um, but actually, it looks like that that has been um, increasing. And um, they noted that it's now earning 54% of revenue domestically which they described as a as a, a marked change over prior years. So I think that's been received well uh, and I made some comments on on new orders that they've been uh, they've been receiving. Very good. So that is that. Now, um, one that has bounced up very nicely and has been listed for a long time is uh, Concurrent Technologies. Uh, CNC's the ticket, 55 million market cap, so a bit smaller to look at, um, but they're the pre-closed trading update. And, and what do they do? They um, take uh, so Intel's latest processors or NVIDIA's latest processors, and they put them, assemble those onto computer boards. But the assembly is done in, and, and the testing is in a highly specialized way, such that these computers can go into military applications, telecoms applications, security. But but applications that really are stretching the electronics. Um, you know, just physically in terms of heat and, and vibration in military applications, but, it, but, but just in terms of the processing that they do. Um, and they had announced that in the trading update to the six months of June um, that they expect revenue of £12 million up from £7.4 million in the prior half, profit for tax of a million versus £0.1 million in the prior half. Uh, record revenues for the business, they have said, and they expect uh, revenue to be slightly ahead of analyst estimates, but PBT, profit for tax, to be materially ahead. Um, and they have strong order intake of uh, £14.5 million, current backlog of £29 million. So uh, going very, very well for concurrent. 
But and I think they're in the right space. It's an interesting point. This whole military tech military. I mean, I think Ben Wallace was a brilliant uh, defence secretary for the UK. Uh, and obviously, I think it's terrible that Joe Biden basically blocked him from being the new head of NATO because he would have been perfect. Um, but then we all know that Joe Biden is not the brightest thing in the on the, in the playground, should we say? Um, but you know, he is commenting a lot at the moment how you know military requirements are just the, the goods to replace all the missiles and things we've sent to um, to the Ukraine just aren't there anymore. The military has become very technologically driven. And so I suspect that off the back of that, we are going to see a rearming of military equipment, not just in the UK, across Europe, America, and any company that's involved in some of the specialist technology and technology in military weapons, I think a bit as you just said in concurrent technologies, is going to have an absolutely amazing next sort of two to five years. So all of those sort of little companies are well worth having a look at, finding and investing in. Yeah, absolutely, Andrew. Um, another one that we we have discussed, and it's a larger one as well, is Kinetic. Yeah. Um, and they're exposed to all sorts of areas in defence that are really high-end and high-tech, and including things like robotics and cyber. So, you know, we'll, again, covered it in the podcast, but well worth investors taking a look at uh, look at, uh, at Kinetic. But, yeah, I don't know. It's an area where money's uh, certainly going to. Right, you've got one or two more to finish it off? Well, there's a, yeah, there's a final one that came up this week, and I haven't come across it before, so I'm just, just bear with me in second, Andrew, as I scroll through my, my very detailed uh, podcast notes, because you know I thoroughly prepare for this. Uh, where, where Which are I at? don't, Phil, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> right, so this company is called Winwood. Uh, all one windward all one word the ticket is wnwd 54 million market cap uh and it describes itself as a leading maritime ai company so they had a trading update for the six months ending june uh 2023 now it's maritime ai so some clues in the name here its customers are shippers banks insurers uh, energy companies and governments um, and some of its uh, software solutions, for instance, they have a solution that detects indicators of potentially suspicious maritime activity for for the entirety of global shipping. It's able to track its software 117,000 vessels currently at sea. Um, and it can look at indicators of illicit activity, things like going dark and turning off uh, AIS tracking beacons, visiting ports of sanctioned countries, loitering sanctioned areas, etc. So that's just one of its products. Another um, product it has is what's called ocean freight visibility, um, and it's to you know solve problems over lack of visibility in the supply chain. Um, and it's powered by large data sets that alert freight forwarders and cargo owners to potential delays in shipping in cargo in cargoes and, and shipping. So. This is very interesting products here that this company's got. Um, and look at the trading update. Uh, it said that um, just quickly on that, uh, the annual contract value for their software um, increased to $27.6 million. And it was up by 23%. Uh, and revenue for the first half is up. It's expected to be up 17% to $12.7 million. But looking at its new customer wins included uh, BHP Billiton, 
Peninsula Petroleum, uh, Dan Pilot, the National Danish Pilotage Company. Um, so, so it's very interesting. Cash balance of $17.9 million. Um, they've been reducing their cash burn, um, and it said the board believes the company's cash resources are more sufficient to see the company through profitability and cash generation. Hurrah. Right, yeah. It's interesting because it hasn't been a good performer. No, no, it, no, it has. I, not. I wonder whether again they they've suffered from uh, forced re- redemption somewhere. Because um, I agree, it does look, you know, on the face of it, face of it, fifty million market cap, just the right sort of thing. Um, just having a look, uh, it's been a lot. Hargreaves Lansdowne, so that's retail people have been looks as though been selling. They're the biggest seller recently. But yeah, interesting one. Good one to finish on, Phil. One for people to have a look at. There we go. All right, Andrew, that's it from me. Very good. Uh, as usual, if anybody's got any questions or messages, do let us know. Um, if you uh, disagree with us, not that there's anything really contentious there, so there's nothing to disagree with, um, then obviously let us know too. But thanks, Phil. We'll be back next week. That's a pleasure, Andrew. Look forward to chatting then.